Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. So, tell me about Lewis. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Lewis has always wanted to be a rapper. Um, Lewis was four years old when McKinley Head Start rapped Humpty Dumpty. So he has always wanted to be a rapper, just like came out rapping. And he just took it and just always, you know, rapped in the closet at the house. I mean, the kids from the neighborhood, you know, come to my house and go in the closet and they rap the song. They formed a group called the Hood Boys. They had a little song called Polo Down. So they did that. And then Lewis actually went off to the military at about 19. And he went overseas and did a rap battle, and he won that. And he kept saying, you know, Mama, I want to come home. I want to come home. I was like, well, Lewis, you know, there's just so much going on here. Stay up there. And he came home and started back rapping. And he was rapping about, you know, guns and killings and all that's going on in the neighborhood where, you know, where we live. And I said, well, Lewis, why don't you make something fun where people can dance and, you know, enjoy when they hear it. And it just skyrocketed from there. He served his country, was beloved by his family, and was an entertainer in the making. But on May 2nd, 2018, it would all come to an end. This is the story of the murder of Lewis Robinson Jr. Welcome to the Crime Stoppers Podcast. It was a typical Wednesday in Baton Rouge, early May 2018. The city was moving as the summer was on the horizon. But on this day, tragedy would befall a city and a close-knit family. Detective Heather Anderson with the Baton Rouge Police Department describes the initial details of this incident. On May 2nd, 2018, at approximately 1540 hours, 4th District Uniform Patrol officers with Baton Rouge Police Department were dispatched to Arley Lake North Hospital over there off of Airline Highway in reference to a male who was later identified as Mr. Lewis Robinson Jr. um, as suffering from several gunshot wounds. He had been brought there in a personal vehicle by a friend of his, Mr. Evan Gibson. On the other side of town, Elizabeth Robinson, the mother of Lewis, is conducting her daily activities unaware of what was happening to her son. But as in the case of any good mother, she had always given him advice about his surroundings and his choices. But on this dark day, in the air of celebration, Something terrible was happening to someone she loved so much. I get off from work at about 2 o'clock. So my baby boy was graduating from Madison Prep. And I was headed to Sam's to go make some invitations for, for his graduation. So Lewis, had, of course, had been shot at numerous of times. And um, I was like, Lewis, you got to slow down. You know, you got to get it together. He was like, Mama, I am, I am. And by this time, Lewis had three kids. So when I went to Sam's, my next son, my second son called me. He said, Mom, he said, Lewis been shot. I was like, Lewis been shot. And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. So I'm just thinking, okay, Lewis got shot in the leg, an arm. You know, I'm on my way. God is so good. He he showed me a light and said, get to your baby. I already knew he had passed. Um, 
So when I got there, Lewis was dead. Unfortunately, Mr. Robinson did succumb to his injuries shortly after arriving at the hospital. Then homicide detectives were notified to respond to the hospital and out to a scene that uniform officers were able to locate, which is right there just off of Plank Road. Plank Road is in a section of Baton Rouge that has seen its share of violence. As detectives return to the scene of this crime, it is priority number one to piece together the details of this crime. So when detectives arrived on scene, they did locate Mr. Robinson's vehicle. Upon finding Lewis's vehicle, the scene begins to tell a story, starting with where it is. Cadillac Street is an east and west street, two-way road um, in a residential area. It was parked on the side of the road, kind of on the sidewalk in the grass. They found 11 spent cartridge casings, which are, you know, what you find after you shoot a gun, just a basic casing. As the casings are discovered, the story begins to unfold. Um, They found that in the roadway, about 11 of them, and a projectile, which is, you know, part of a bullet after it's struck something. It was a scene of carnage in broad daylight. But how did it happen? Lewis went to one of his friend's house. And as he was leaving the friend's house, he was ambushed. And his friend actually picked him up and took him to Eric Long Hospital, where he, you know, died from his injuries. We spoke with Mr. Evan Gibson, who was the male who drove Mr. Robinson to the hospital. He is the um, person who actually lives at that Cadillac Street address. He stated um, that he had been inside his house, just got back from the gym. Lewis had come over. They were hanging out for about an hour inside the house. And then when they came outside, they came outside the carport area of the garage. So Mr. Lewis went out to the vehicle first, and as Mr. Gibson was locking up the house, he just heard several loud pops and then ran towards the backyard until he stopped hearing any gunfire. Over the next intensity-packed moments, the final minutes of Lewis's life played out. At that time, Mr. Gibson's mother, she had heard the gunfire come outside and heard Mr. Robinson yelling for Tank, who is Mr. Gibson's nickname. So all they heard was Tank, Tank, Tank. So Mr. Gibson came out from the backyard, ran over to render aid to Mr. Robinson. At that time, they were able to load um, Mr. Robinson up into Mr. Gibson's trailblazer and then bring him to the hospital, where ultimately he succumbed to his injuries. What was left behind was a scene of horror, but also evidence that helps tell the story of what took place on that dark day. There was a large amount of blood on the ground um, in the form of like a droplet pattern. And then um, when you open the driver's side door of the vehicle, there's a large amount of blood pooling also in the driver's seat of the vehicle. Um, along with several fragments detectives and crime scene were able to locate during the vehicle processing, along with um, an additional 9mm spent shell casing that was found on the driver's seat. As investigators arrive at the scene of this crime, the process of getting justice for Lewis begins. Kind of as a standard practice, when homicide detectives arrive on scene, um, uniform patrol has already set up a you know secure perimeter. There's nobody inside, you know, the secure perimeter being the yellow or red tape. Um, nobody's inside that, so you're looking to make sure that there's no contamination. People are avoiding everything at all costs. We like to look for signs of a struggle, where the main altercation occurred. You know, whether there be a deceased at the scene, or you're looking for where probably the person. 
um, succumbed to their injuries and then was taken to the hospital. So we're, they're, I guess, a last point of contact. You know, in this case, it would have been in the driver's seat of the Honda Accord for Mr. Robinson. It is a very involved and tedious process of putting together the information, looking at the evidence, and starting to understand what took place. So we like to go in with crime scene with us, kind of pretty much leashed to us. They take pictures as we go through. If we notice something, you know, whether that be bullet strikes on a vehicle or a shell casing, um, they place a marker with a letter on it next to the casing. And then on um, a vehicle, they'll put stickers. Obviously, it's a surface that you can't put a marker on. As crime scene goes through with us, they'll help us kind of determine, you know, trajectory of bullets, those types of things to help us paint a picture. I like to go through with them because they have such great eyes. They are so well trained to look for things that, you know, me as an investigator, I sometimes miss. And it's always good to have multiple eyes on one scene as well. The physical evidence and forensics tell a compelling story. But what about those who were there? We went ahead and interviewed Tank the day of the shooting. We spoke to him. He stated that Mr. Lewis called him prior to showing up at the house, said, hey man, I just need some cash, whether that had been for gas money, the type of thing. Tank gave Mr. Lewis $40. When he arrived at the house, they hung out inside. And then Mr. Gibson stated he went out that side garage port door after they left, and that's when he heard the gunfire. When we talked about what did he do prior to Mr. Lewis coming over, um, he stated he'd gone to the gym and that when he got home from the gym, he'd seen a man hanging out on Cadillac Street around the house, just kind of just milling around, um, which wouldn't be out of the ordinary um, as there is some foot traffic over there. But um, Tank seemed um, concerned enough to make it known to detectives that this man was kind of walking around the area um, for a substantial amount of time. Um, it kind of gave him pause enough to really think about it and be skeptical of why this man was outside. Who was the man and why was he there? Investigators are still looking into the details with an added asset in an effort to find Lewis's killer. Social media is a massive tool for investigators. A lot of people post things. Um, that they don't realize are helpful to investigators or it's a vehicle in a background of a selfie that will help us, you know, and it kind of launches a launch pad for an investigation. Myself and my partner will be go ahead and, and look at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter um, to see if anybody makes any kind of comments, you know, that doesn't make them guilty of anything, but it's a starting place for us to go speak with them. Hey, how do you know X, Y, and Z? You know, are you aware of these shootings that happened on Cadillac Street? Can you help us? What's the community saying? Because a lot of times people don't like to talk to us, but they'll talk to the family, they'll talk to their friends and then things kind of come to the surface that way through social media without being directly introduced to law enforcement. In addition to the crime scene and details about the victim, another top priority of an investigator is the relationship with the family. Detective Anderson has had the pleasure of working with Miss Liz Robinson, a force in her own right. I know that she's had a trauma in her life, but I know people sometimes take a trauma and they use it as, a, I'm a victim, you know, and it sounds like Miss Liz is using this as a, a launch pad to speak with other moms or other family members who have had a traumatic experience in their life, you know, and helping them cope and how to deal with investigators. I know we aren't always the most 
easy people to deal with or easy people to get in touch with and she's helping them kind of understand that process as she's been through it. It's been two years for her so she's kind of run the gamut of dealing with several investigators you know and dealing with Crime Stoppers and some people you know their their tragedy happened yesterday so they don't really know where to go um, where to start from there and they just need some kind of guidance and it sounds like that's what Miss Liz is doing for people out there in the community who have experienced a tragedy. I have mothers call me every day. Um, they get my number from where I don't know, but they call me and they just say that, you know, they're walking this journey and they want to know what I'm doing to stay, stay so strong. But this is the outer body that they see. My heart is torn. I cry every day. I just tell them my experience of how I get through, you know, daily. I pray, you know, I cry. I um I know that um it's pain it's painful you know um we just have to keep our kids memory alive and just continue walking this journey and try to get justice for our kids the last moments of Lewis's life do not define the life he lived here Miss Liz talks about how she would like her son to be remembered. I want Lewis to be remembered as a son. He was a father. He was a sibling. And I want, you know, he's, he's no longer here, so he's not coming back. But I want the world to know that he enjoyed what he did. He enjoyed music. He enjoyed entertaining other people. Sergeant Don Coppola with the Baton Rouge Police Department and Crime Stoppers is here to tell you how you can help. You've just heard another traumatic story of a loved one, a son, a father that isn't returning home. It's been two years since Lewis Robinson Jr. has come home to see his family, his children, and Crime Stoppers needs your help. If you have any information, on who is responsible for taking Lewis Robinson Jr.'s life, keeping it from his family, his children, pick up the phone, call Crime Stoppers, 225-344-7867. You can also go to our website, www.crimestoppersbr.com, or download the free P3 Tips app. You will remain anonymous. Any information which leads to an arrest and indictment, you are eligible for a cash reward. Again, Crime Stoppers, 225-344-7867. Help catch a killer. Call Crime Stoppers at 344-STOP. That's 344-7867. podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime there was a shooting okay is someone shot yes someone is shot the crime stoppers podcast with clay young just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before real stories it was my first love real crimes real people real justice the crime stoppers podcast with clay young exclusively at podcast 225.com